Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of Granite Talk. This week, we thought we'd do something a little bit different. Rather than the typical interviews that we usually do, I thought I'd get um, a, a guest host, a co-host on with me, and we can just kind of just kind of sit around and talk about what's going on with all this COVID-19 coronavirus craziness and uh, just get uh, perspective. So I've got on the other line and this is, we are not local. So um, we're, we're, we're connecting through Zencaster, which is a, uh, an online podcast recording system. I've got Andy Rowe, who was over an old buddy of mine that's uh, lives over in Amherst. Yeah. As most of you know, I live here in Milford. So uh, how you doing, Andy? I'm good, Tim. How are you? Thanks for having me today. Hey, no problem. No problem at all. So as I was saying, you and I, you know, we go back a little bit um, uh, just to give people a background. Andy and I, we we actually went to school together over at UNH back in when we, we were roommates over in what was it? Late 80s? I mean, late, Our early 80s, 80s, early 80s. 80, 80s. 80, 82 maybe? Yeah. So yeah, so we go way, way back. And then, uh, you know, Andy and I, we... Uh, Kind of went our separate ways after college, like a lot of people do. But turn and where, where'd you go first, Andy? Over to Chicago? Is that where you um, went right after school? Yeah, I was around Portsmouth for a long time. Then I wound up in Chicago and, and Phoenix for a little bit. Most oh, I didn't know you. I, I didn't know you were in Phoenix, actually. Yeah, most of the time I was in Chicago. I was in Phoenix for about two years, which was which was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. So then it turns out, so you know, come thirty years later. Andy comes back. I'm living in Milford. He moves back to Amherst, which is where he was from ages and ages ago. So, you know, now we're whatever, five miles from each other, uh, which is kind of a, a cool coincidence. So we get to see each other quite a bit nowadays. Yeah, lots of old stories to retell. It's very fun. Yeah, well, we'll see about those stories. Just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we'll get into those today. Not not today, not today. So how are things going over there? Now, I know you've got, you've got two kids, both – well – yeah, what's what's going on over there in Amherst? Well, I, you know, I've got two kids. I've got a daughter who's a freshman at uh, CU Boulder, and and she's back about a week and a half. Uh, not not terribly happy because uh, this past week was supposed to be their spring break, and she spent it uh, in Amherst under lockdown. And my son, he's seventeen, a junior at Sohegan, and he's been enjoying this. I think you know he's not he doesn't like school that much. Uh, he does he loves the online component and uh, he's doing a lot of gaming. So it really hasn't changed his world a whole lot. Uh, so so let, let's actually talk about Hannah a little bit first. So so what what's the story? Is Boulder shut down for the rest of the school year? Yeah, Boulder is, Boulder is shut down. Going to virtual learning. I, I think they're on a pass fail basis now for the for, for the second semester. Oh really? So oh that's that's interesting. So yeah, everybody, they're not going to have grades, huh? No, no grades, no grades. So we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. She, you know, they really haven't had school for a couple of weeks now because they, you know, they shut down and everybody was getting out of town, and then uh, you know it was spring break. So Monday will be uh, sort of the return to school for her, and we'll see how that goes. So hopefully we've got enough bandwidth to support the two of them doing virtual learning. Yeah. So, so what's, so you said there's not much schooling going on for Hannah. Is she, what, what's her major first of all, or is she declared yet? She hasn't really declared. She's looking into sort of international studies right now. So, so how's that working for school? I, they, I assume there's a, a financial 
are they rebating you any money? Certainly for the dorms, I imagine. Yeah, they're gonna they'll, they'll do a credit for room and board uh, for next semester. Uh, I don't think they're gonna do anything about you know the in person learning versus the virtual learning, but uh, mm. you know hopefully hopefully they get something out of it. Uh, you know, it's definitely different times, I guess, for all of us. Yeah, yeah no kidding, it's crazy. So what's what's Sahigan doing? What's Drew? Just is it just? Do they have class times just like, uh, as you know, my kids are all grown and out, out, so I don't really pay attention to what's going on in the schools. Is this virtual learning stuff just like school where from nine to 10, they go to, you know, biology and is it the same thing or is it all different now? Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. They've got Zoom and, you know, they use Google Classroom and there's assignments and, you know, they do, do, you know, they're, they're trying to sort of keep things normal with a regular schedule. He's he's basically a week into it. They're still finding their way, but it seems to be going pretty well. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Are they doing anything for like extracurricular? The school I'm talking about. Are they? I, I guess they can't now because we're as of yesterday. So we're recording this on what's this? This is the 28th of March. So as of yesterday, we're essentially on total lockdown in, in New Hampshire. So I guess they're not doing anything really, right? Yeah, nothing. No sports. You know, no, no, no band practice. No, no, no clubs. All that's gone. I mean, I feel bad for the seniors this year. You know, the kids that have been, you know, playing sports yeah. or been in the band or been 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 doing a lot of uh, activities for for the last three and a half years that that's all over. So, uh, yeah. And, and I imagine graduation, I'm sure they'll do something for graduation, but it won't be traditional. That's for sure. Yeah. I can't imagine. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, who knows what, what society is going to look like when we come out the other side, if we're going to be back to, if we're going to be back to uh, things the way they were, or, you know, you got to believe there's going to be some, some changes in, in, in yeah. Uh, and how we as a nation sort of function. Yeah, it, it's true. A lot, a lot of the stuff that's going on now. I was in Lowe's yesterday, and uh, right down in Amherst there, and um, I noticed they had they put these kind of. I thought it was kind of cool actually. They've got these uh, plexiglass. I mean, it almost looks like a bank teller in front of all the tellers now. Yeah. So you know, it's up like kind of chest high and, and above, so they can pass you know, goods and money underneath it and the credit card machines on the outside of it. So it's all set up, you know, to be as safe as possible. And, you know, I was, I was looking at them, I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's, that's actually a good idea anyway. So it wouldn't surprise me if those kind of things, you know, stay, you know, this kind of, you know, the, where you can do the social distancing without, you know, too much inconvenience that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if some of these things kind of stick around. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would imagine as well. I mean, we've got the same thing set up for our town clerk in Amherst, where you know the sneeze guard is up between her and the uh, and the customers. But at least they can go in and transact their business. They don't have to do it all remotely because uh, yeah, not everybody, you know, it, not 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 the whole entire population is completely computer savvy or completely comfortable with with you know registering their car or doing any of those functions online. Oh, I know. I know. Exactly. Now, you mentioned the town clerk having the, uh, the, the, the glass in front of them or whatever. It's really kind of interesting because in Milford, we did that probably, gosh, it's probably been five, five years now. The reason it was put up there was really a, a recommendation from the insurance company, you know, that you, you know, you really need to be protecting these people, you know, from the public um, as much as possible. So we put it up there. And it turns out last year, I think, or maybe the year before, 
the town clerk's office moved to another part of town hall and they chose not to move the the glass so so it's not there now so it's kind of ironic now is the time they they really wish they'd they'd had had it yeah it's kind of sad to see that coming to small towns like this though uh, yeah i know yeah i know it's kind of just kind of like just like after 9-11 so much changed you know at the airports and everything and that'll Pretty much that all stuck. Well, actually, all of it stuck with us right now. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember I traveled. Uh, I don't know three or four weeks after nine eleven, and I was flying through O'Hare, and it was a ghost town. You know, at that point, you only only could go through if you had a ticket. There's nobody in the yep. terminals, and uh, I, I just I kind of think the airlines took took the ball and ran with it. I mean, traveling went from being tolerable pre nine eleven to you know really intolerable or intolerable post 9-11. So, oh, yeah. You know, they, yeah. They found that it was a good reason to, to cut expenses and, and uh, cut service, and they don't really need to be nice to you anymore like they used to be. So, kind of right, exactly. Yeah, airlines gotten this gotten terrible. Uh, I mean, I never, don't travel as much as you did, but, um, but yeah. And, and, you know, the whole security thing. Well, obviously, you remember the days when anybody could go to the gate. You didn't even need yeah. a ticket, you know. Yeah. Um, you'd go through – you have to go through a metal detector, but it was like, you know, the, the old Walmart metal detector. You know, <laughs> we just walk through it. Um, uh, yeah, you, you always tell the uh, the old time movies. You know, you know, movies dated when it has like the romantic scene at the end when the, you know, the, the guy and the girl are at the gate saying goodbye it's like well that doesn't happen anymore you know no, they, no, they're no. not allowed to go to the gate <laughs> i know it's 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 crazy um yeah you know the thing with 9-11 is you know that was an outside yeah, that was sort of an outside force right whereas you know covid is i mean here you, your neighbor can get you sick your kid can get you sick the, the postman can get you sick it's, it's it's crazy i wonder if people are going to be you know sort of social interactions are going to be fundamentally changed after this where it's like, Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be really fascinating how this changes everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been eye opening seeing people with masks on and gloves at the grocery store and things like that. I mean, you know, I used to, you know, used to see people from Asia would oftentimes do that even in the United States when they were traveling or on the subway or something. Yeah. Seeing everyday Americans doing that now is very is yeah you know, I still pull up short when I see it. I don't expect it, you know. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. No, we, we were down in Boston not long ago. I mean, a couple of months ago, and um, you know, we we're walking down Faneuil Hall, and, and a couple of you know Asian people came walking down, and they had masks on, and it was just kind of like we stood up, we looked at, said, "Hey, look at them! They got their mask on. That's you know, that's interesting." Um, but now, just a couple months later, it's not at all. <laughs> It's it's not unusual at all. Uh, no, I haven't taken to wearing masks or gloves yet. I don't I don't think I will. But uh. well, then you got the weirdness now because everything's in a shortage. So you almost don't want to wear one because you're thinking, you know, I should be giving this to a hospital or something. Why Why am I wearing a mask? Well, that's uh, something I just don't understand, Tim. Right? I mean, you, we, we talked about nine eleven. And, and, and for almost 20 years now, the country's been prepping for, uh, you know, biological attack or a dirty nuclear bomb or a chemical attack. Right. And, and, yep. and you would think there would be massive stockpiles of things like ventilators and gowns and face shields and goggles. Where is all that stuff? I mean, for 20 years, we've been expecting something to happen. And, you know, something has happened, but it isn't uh, 
it wasn't exactly the way we expected it, but but still, yeah. you know, New York would have been a prime target had this been, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, something that a, a malevolent, malevolent force had uh, had done, and you, you would think they would have everything they needed there. But uh, yeah, you know, I just read this. Um, you may have seen it; it's been floating around the internet the last couple of days. But uh, there was an article this this week in the Atlantic all about you know preparedness for this kind of thing and it was you really should read it it's it's a fascinating article and they talk about actually just what you're saying that you know prior to this like you know a year ago whatever um this organization i'm i can't recall what the organization is they were talking about that rated all the uh countries in the world for preparedness on who's ready you know to for um handling a pandemic like this and the united states was ranked number one and it was interesting there but they were ranked number one because of you know just infrastructure and you know financial means and you know they were the united states was you know the country that you know had the means to deal with this the most you know because we you know we had everything that we needed you know once it was put into action but then but then they go on to say but it didn't happen you know it, this you know the you know the you know no, nobody sounded the alarm until it was too late yeah. and you know we didn't do it so we dropped from number 1 to like you know, the the bottom of the list because yeah. we're we're handling it so poorly yeah once they you know hopefully the switch has been thrown right in world war 2 once they went from producing you know automobiles to tanks and aircrafts i mean we they were, we were able to to manufacture significant uh, enough materials to bring the war in Europe and the Pacific to an end. And it, you know, I, I, you've seen a lot of examples where, you know, like the company in Exeter that makes hockey helmets has now switched over to manufacturing face guards for healthcare providers. So I think we'll get caught up, but I, I also think there's sort of a, a downside to the global economy is, you know, everything's made from globally sourced parts, right? A lot of those parts are out of China, and that that part of the supply chain has experienced a pretty significant disruption over the last couple of months, which uh, I think may be impacting our ability here to make some of the more complex things like ventilators. So, you know, I don't yeah, know, yeah. I don't know for a fact, but uh, you know, it would seem to me that 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 could be part of part of the issue. Yeah, yeah, you know that that's that's kind of an interesting point because one of the um, you know you you try to you know we're right smack in the middle of it right now, so it's kind of hard to to step back. But you know the, there are some good things that really can come out of this, and and hopefully you know hopefully you know like kind of put the short term economic chaos aside for a second. You know there really are some good things, and one of them is what you just said is this really might wake people up to the whole. You know, we've become the United States has really become a service economy. Right. Absolutely, pretty much. We don't make anything anymore. We, we you know, because you can make it so much cheaper just farming it out to China. Yeah. Um, but and that causes all sorts of other. I don't. Even, I don't even know if I'd phrase it unintended consequences. When you do that, you, there obviously there are no manufacturing jobs. So you know, you kind of it 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 produces this. Um, you know, income dichotomy. You know, you're either at the the bottom of the barrel or the top. You, we've been losing our middle class for 30 years now. Exactly. And and this could cause it. I, I bet a lot of companies will think twice. Not just because it's China, but the disruption. You know, not only was it the fact that you know this started in China, but all of a sudden, 
all the um, factories shut down. So it, it, you know, we no longer had access to their manufacturing. Yeah, and, no, the diversification is key, right? They, they, you, know, you can't rely on one provider for, in this case, you know, the nation of China. You can't rely on one particular provider to uh, to deliver everything you need because, prime example, you know, we, we had a we had a epidemic over there that turned into a global pandemic, which which definitely has wreaked some havoc on uh, on things over here. Yeah, and when Apple had their earnings call, whenever that was, you know. The, last month or so, they actually, you know, lowered all the projections and everything for their products because their products are made in China. Yeah. And they, it's completely out of their control, which is crazy. Is so true. that might be a good thing. That might be a good thing that comes of this. If, if maybe we kind of like, you know, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll have more benefits than just, you know, having manufacturing here, it's going to help with the jobs and it will help with, um, you know, income inequalities as well, at least yeah. we could, I suppose. What do you think Not education's going to look like at the end of this? I mean, you know, your kids are done, but uh, you know, I've got two—one in high school, one in college—and uh, you know, I wonder if that's yeah. going to be one of the industries that's radically transformed by this. Yeah, because that's another thing that you know, it, it's really kind of funny. Even aside from what's going on here, you know, education has been so strange. You know, the last couple of decades—not strange, but you know our whole education system is geared around, you know, you've got the teacher sitting at a desk at the front of a room with 30 kids sitting in desks in nice orderly rows and the teacher teaches a lesson and they go home and, you know, and that's the, that's the way it's been done. I, I know it's evolving a little bit, but it's still basically that model when it's completely unnecessary to teach that way, right. you know, especially in the technology, you know, you, you're probably familiar with, you know, Khan Academy and all that online sure. stuff that, which is awesome. You know, there's all sorts of other ways to educate. And I'm sure in certain circumstances, the traditional ways, you know, appropriate, but this might be the, you know, kind of the kick in the ass. You, you know, the system needs to force them to do it differently. Well, they are, they're being forced to do it differently right now. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, what changes, you know, how, what's that? Can the colleges continue to justify, you know, 30, 40, 50 grand a year for instruction? Exactly. Right? I, I was just going to say, I was just going to say that same thing. I mean, right now, you know, some of the private schools, yeah, you know, they, it's 60 grand yeah, to go yeah, to yeah. some of these private schools. And, you know, you can kind of convince yourself that, you know, these beautiful campuses and, and you've got this great experience for four years and, you know, you can maybe convince yourself or some people can convince themselves that it's, it's a good deal. But, you know, you know, what, what if these schools, you know, they are doing it right now. They're going to go a whole semester and they're going to graduate a whole class, you know, with remote learning. Yeah. So they're either going to, they're either going to say it's a failure or it's a success. Right. And if it's a failure, that says something right there, but if it's a success, you know, why not do it? Why not keep doing it or, you know, expand it? Um, yeah, it was exactly. kind of heading in that direction anyway, right? With, with online, a lot of classes you can take uh, online, uh, but yeah, it, it, no, it'll be really cool. fascinating. How, how are your kids doing this? They're sort of the young professionals, right? So they're, they're embarking on their lives out there in the world. And, and yeah, we, 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 we just had a cool little uh, Zoom conference, family conference this morning, which was neat. Because, you know, we don't get together very often. It's really kind of ironic, right? You get the, uh, we're all in isolation now and all lockdown, stay at home and all this stuff. But, 
you know, as you and I know, we we had a, a conference call with a bunch of our old college friends the other night, and that was great. You get to yeah. talk to them. It's almost the, it's almost like we're seeing more people now than than we did before. It's 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 yeah. really kind of really kind of a weird paradox. So yeah, so this morning I had all all four of my kids on, and my wife and I, and we just had a little. You know, it was like a little Brady Bunch uh, visual because we had the little checkerboard in the in the, in the on the computer, and yeah, yeah, we just talked about everybody. So they, no, they're doing really well. Um, everybody, you know, they all have um, they all have good jobs that um, you know, that they can work from home. So you know, to the extent that anyone cannot be affected by this, you know, they're not that affected. You know, they're all working from home, but they're still getting paid and um, able to kind of keep going. Uh, one of them, um, my son Dan, he's he's still going into the office now. He he's an electrical engineer and and you know he does a lot of lab work, you know, on the lab on the yeah. you know, the the lab bench. Um, but they're probably going to wrap that up real soon. And wow. um, apparently, Rhode Island um, is the only New England state that's not on lockdown. I guess I, that's interesting because I, I I'm pretty sure they're not. I I could be wrong. Um, that's interesting. But, uh, yeah. So no. So they're all doing good. So That's just good. Uh, now, one of your sons actually works part time for the Red Sox, and I'm, you know, hey, we we should be watching baseball today instead of doing COVID podcast. <laughs> uh, I know cool. exactly. That's cr- you know what? I don't. Uh, speaking of about baseball, just an interesting side note. I don't know if you've been reading the um, the uh, MLB and the players union came to an agreement yesterday. I think on how you know what what will happen if the season's not played at all. And it's it's really interesting because um, anyone, let's say, any players that are on on active rosters, their playing time, that you know, the amount of time that gets credited towards their their career playing time, is going to be whatever they did last year. Huh. So, in a, so what that means is that Mookie Betts, because he you know signed. He's supposed to be a free agent at the end of this year. The Red Sox traded him so they'd get something for him. He went to the Dodgers, hasn't played a game there yet. He may oh. never play a game there. And he's still going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So the Red Sox could turn around and sign him at the end of this year, get him back, keep the three players that they traded for him for, and get him back again. It's That's probably not going to happen, but it's 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 possible. That's a great is- scenario. they they got to get Brock Holt back, too, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you that'd be great. I love that guy. Oh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's um, staying with the baseball thing. I think this could be a good, a good thing for baseball too, because you know baseball kind of has that kind of homey kind of feel to it. And when all this is over, if the baseball season's not canceled, let's say this goes through July or whatever, and and and, and the sports all start up again. I got to imagine like the first baseball games in this country will be huge. Oh, you know, and everyone gets to go out to a baseball game and you know, it could be, it was like that after nine right? eleven yeah. when, when, when the Yankees finally played um, in New York city. So yeah, so I'm, I'm a baseball nerd. So I, I, I'm, I'm hoping for a, this to be a, like a resurgence in baseball popularity. When no, it's me all too. Over. I'm definitely missing it this spring. Yeah. But the Red Sox have been posting, um, like you know, famous walk-off home runs and stuff the last few days. So it's been pretty cool. I've seen all all the you know Dave Roberts stealing second base and and all of Poppy's home runs and all that. So it's been oh, fun to watch. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. So 
What's that? I was just going to say thank God for Netflix, Netflix and Amazon Prime and the other streaming services. I mean, if we oh. didn't have uh, ample content, people would really be out of their minds, I think. Yeah, exactly. This is going to be great for which, which is another interesting thing is trying to figure out, you know, we we're talking about the economy before. You know what? Th- th- there are some businesses businesses that are going to really come out of this good, and that you know not they're not intentionally taking advantage of it, but they're they're going to really um, come out on top. Content providers, or, or not necessarily content providers, but um, you know, internet service providers, the yeah. Comcasts and the you know they're because everybody needs it. Everybody's using zoom. Everybody's on Netflix. Everyone's doing all these things. And, and as you know, I work for these companies that, that these internet service providers and, you know, that's all they're doing right now. Their focus is 100% on making sure the network is stable. You know, they're not like adding new features. They're not planning for the future. They are just making sure everything is, you know, sane. and Comcast is they've lifted all their, their bandwidth limits. So, Essentially, everybody has unlimited bandwidth on Comcast now. Uh, that's that's great. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. They, the Amherst aren't big fans of Comcast. They get beat up a lot on the Facebook pages, but uh, you know. yeah. Well, it's it's they're the only show in town. That's it. That's um, exactly it. Has yeah. your work life changed much as a result of this? Well, you know what's weird about it is because as as you know, I work from home anyway. I sit here in my basement, and I've been working from home for almost ten years now. It's going to be ten years in August, I think. So I sit down here every day anyway. So this, nothing has changed, but I still feel like I'm climbing the walls. And it's like by noon, I'm like, I got to get out of here. And I, it's so it's 100% psychological. I, I feel like I'm a caged animal now, even though it's exactly what I've done every day for nine years. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Because yeah. you don't have the freedom you did anymore once before. Yeah. Right? But it is weird now because you know, I, I, I'm involved in a lot of stuff in town. I'm not various committees and things like that. So I'm usually out every night of the week at something, yeah. you know, some, some club, some event, some committee meeting and all that's shut down. So, you know, come six o'clock, I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, so just get in the car and go drive. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy. But you, but talking about the other business, we are talking about businesses that will do well is obviously Amazon, which you've right. been driving for Amazon for a little bit now. Um, yeah, it's kind of ironic, how- you know, the job I took out of necessity uh, almost a year ago is probably one of the better jobs. It's probably one of the more secure positions uh, that's out there. I mean, you know, we're hiring dozens of drivers right now, and it's been interesting. Obviously, businesses are closed, but the volume of deliveries to homes are going up exponentially. And, and when what's getting delivered keeps getting bigger and bigger, like we're getting tons of office chairs and desks and other things coming through the uh through getting delivered to people's homes as they set up these home offices plus you know wow. amazon pantry and, and and you know boxes and crates of toilet paper and paper towels so you're getting toilet paper no i'm not getting I, toilet paper but uh, we you know, ordered toilet we ordered toilet paper on amazon a couple of weeks ago and it still hasn't gotten uh, here Makes me sad when I see all it stacked up on carts and it's not coming to my house. But uh, <laughs> um, it, so yeah, so yeah, so Amazon's business model is certainly proving itself to be, um, you know, successful. And yeah, I haven't looked Amazon, at Amazon. The pressure on the local grocery store just would be just incredible. I imagine you know it'd be even worse uh, than it is now. Um, 
And they're doing yeah. a pretty good job. I mean, Amazon gets a lot of uh, bad press, I think, largely due to their size. And they're, they're definitely huge. But, you know, they were very quick to start paying everybody another $2 an hour when this started um, rolling out. And they really take social distancing and cleanliness uh, seriously, almost to the point of it's an annoyance. Uh, you know, they, they, yeah. they remapped, you know, one-way pathways in the in, in the building. So, you know, everybody's got to stay away from everybody else. And I, I have a hard time with that still. You know, it's like I tend to walk fast. And I'm always walking up <laughs> behind someone and they, they, they don't like it. But, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I noticed I, I went into, uh, you, you've you probably been to Milano's Pizza here in Milford before. Yeah. Um, but I went in to get some pizza uh, a couple nights ago. I don't remember. But uh, they did that. They changed their pattern. They they have one indoor and one outdoor. So everyone's got to come in one door. You go to the register, you get your, your takeout, and you keep marching to the back of the store and you go out the, the other side, um, which is a pretty cool idea, actually, when you think about it. You know, because yeah, yeah. you, you, you don't have people turning around and going out the same door, other people coming in and causing congestion and, you know, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, as, as, as this all shakes out over the next months and few years, you know, I spent a lot of time in the payments industry and over in Asia, um, you know, people, biometrics was more advanced than it was in the U.S., but it was more of the retinal scans because uh, a lot of the Asian cultures are fastidious about cleanliness, so they don't like, you know, fingertip, you know, they didn't like the fingertip scanner, so they were very early adopters of, of retinal scans and things like that at ATMs and other places. Uh, and I just wonder if, you know, I mean, I, I paid for cash for something at the at the market basket the other day, and I thought to myself, oh, man, you know, this has got to be some of the dirtiest stuff around. Whereas, you know, with oh, yeah. payment or you know, using Apple Pay or Android Pay, um, or Google Pay, there's no contact with you know the cashier, right? I mean, other than to hand you the the your, your, your dumb receipt, which I don't know why they still hand us receipts anyway. But uh, I just yep. my yep. right way. But uh, you know, there's really no contact between the purchaser and the and the person at the point of sale. Yeah, no, you're right, and that and that's um, um, I I think I think the same thing. You know, we you know, the uh, one of the good things to come out of this is going to be, you know, we're much more conscious. Obviously, we are now, right now, because everyone's you know freaked out about this. But about exact, you know, what's going to happen? To, you know, this sounds dramatic, but you think people are going to start shaking hands again? I I I almost think it's not going to happen. I think no, people, I mean, you know, only the bravest be, people do a fist bump now. Everybody else is doing elbow bumps. And well, you know, it's interesting the the fist bump thing. I, I was reading. I don't know how true it is. It sounds like it could be a fable, but I don't know. Um, that supposedly the fist bump started with uh, actually the NBA, where a I don't know when this was. It must have been at least twenty years ago, right? Because we've been doing this fist bump for a while. That some some specific player was a real germaphobe and refused to shake hands with players after the game. So they all started doing the fist bump so that they uh, so that this one player wouldn't look isolated, and it just kind of caught on, which makes a lot of sense. You know, maybe we're going to be doing the live long and you know the Spock live long and prosper thing. You know, it, it makes funny. a lot of, or you know, or the you know the old uh, uh, you know Namaste kind of you know bow bow your head. Well, I mean, did, didn't the handshake evolve out of you know early man, basically you know in the maybe Middle Ages, early Middle Ages, to show you did you weren't carrying a weapon? Exactly. You know, your right hand yeah. shook hands and was like you know, hey, I'm and, not a yeah. threat to you. 
Yeah, and ironically, now that extended hand is the weapon. <laughs> it is. People look at you uh, very strangely. I mean, we've, we've been having some hiring events at Amazon, and, you know, some people come in, and their first instinct is to say, hey, how are you? And, uh, you know, puts their hand out to shake it. Yep. And, you know, some people, it's an instinct. They immediately reach for it and, and, and shake the hand, but then you can see the light go off. It's like, oh, you know, we shouldn't be doing yeah. that. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. I was at a I was at a, a rotary convention, uh, like a it was like this training kind of convention thing down in um where was it? Fitchburg, Framingham, I think. Framingham, yeah, Massachusetts, on the first week of March. So it was like right right when this was starting, but it hadn't wasn't really I mean, obviously the convention wasn't wasn't canceled, you know, would never be held now. Um so I went to it and it was really kind of surreal because it was just what you just said. Everyone was kind of like, should I shake hands? You know, I, I think maybe I shouldn't, but you know, people still did. And if, if they, if they put their hand out, you'd shake it. But you know, people were starting to do the, you know, the elbow thing or the, or the fist bumps. And yeah. they were actually making all these. It was really interesting. They kept making these in this, in the hotel. This was in a big Sheraton, the Sheraton Tara down there. Um, like every couple hours, they're making these announcements in the hotel um, saying, you know, reminder, please do not shake hands. Do not shake hands. All this stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, Time for um, the so, for hand wash. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, it, it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting to see what, what comes of this. Um, yeah. I mean, know, I think, you know, obviously it's interesting to see how small business has evolved during this, right? Especially the restaurants and uh, how they're doing the takeout versus, I mean, been people really, are going to extremes to support local businesses now. Yep. Oh, exactly. And that, that's a great thing. And, um, you know, we had, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in Rotary in the Milford Rotary club and, you know, we had a, a meeting the other day and, and the whole conversation was okay. You know, cause we, we raise a lot of money and we, and we give the money out to the community over the course of the year. So we're talking, you know, how do we best use that money? Because if we have if we have good money, you know, as much as we love, you know, giving to Eagle Scouts and, you know, uh, constitutional teams that go to the state competitions, you know, we love doing that. You know, I think this year there's going to be a lot more important things to give money to. So we're trying to decide how we're going to handle that kind of stuff. And it's the small businesses are the uh, the uh, thing because you know you could see you know the Milford Oval you could see that it's all small businesses you know what's gonna what's that gonna look like in six months? I know, and all the people that, that work for those small businesses. Uh, well, hopefully they're all working for Amazon right now. That'd be nice. <laughs> a lot of more. I mean, we're you know I've been seeing people coming through the doors of like a flight instructor. We've had a couple accountants come in. We had a trade show manager. I mean, it's affecting everybody. So yep, it's yep. really unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, so hopefully, and, you know, the one kind of encouraging thing is you mentioned the the support for the small businesses. I mean, everybody's, it seems, to, you know, I don't know, it seems to be slowing down a little bit, maybe, maybe not. But in the early days when the restaurants were first shut down, you know, everything's happened so fast. I can't even remember when it was. Was that a week yeah. ago or two weeks ago or whenever it was? Um, you know, there were lines you know, down at the the place down by county stores, Manja, Manja something. I'm not yeah, sure the, the name Italian of the place. Ones. Yep, um, there was there was a line around the back of the store, the the whole the whole strip mall there, going down to the Chinese food place and around people waiting for takeout there. Wow! So they must people were toilet paper with each order or something, right? <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> no kidding. Um, 
but that's great. And hopefully, hopefully that'll keep up and, I and, you know, with, with this new, um, you know, what do you call it? The, the government's bail out there. What, what are they called? The, uh, what do they call it? The, the, uh, the incentive, the, the $2 trillion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. um there's a name. I can't think of the I don't name. Know Whatever. What the um, but yeah, that's a lot of that money is for you know small loans for these stores. Um, you know zero interest loans that will get forgiven. Uh, extended unemployment benefits so that the people that get laid off have work. So hopefully, you know, if this doesn't last, you know, too too long, and this, uh, you know, and this this government relief program, you know, maybe we can all get through it. I hope so. Yeah, me so too. My four hundred one k isn't looking good right now. <laughs> I was going to ask how that's doing. It's uh, it's, uh, oh. it's, yeah, it's but you know that only for the bravest of people now. Yeah, but you know, I, you know, I've always kind of kept my head down. I never, I, I really, I only look, you know, quarterly. I'll look at my quarterly statements, yeah. but no, I normally I just don't look at it because you can't. You absolutely can't when you go through like last week or actually this past week was pretty good. The week before this was horrible. Yeah. If you look at that and and you kind of like think of it in terms of how much money you lost, you'd go crazy. No, so yeah, I just yeah. like say whatever. I'm just gonna. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. No, um, no, it's tough for the. People. I've got some Amazon. I've got some Amazon in there, so hopefully that'll. Yeah, I'm sure that'll do well. Yeah, I was in a post office picking up some packages that uh, drivers had stuffed in mailboxes, and uh, the, the postmaster was like, "How long do you think it'll be before there's an Amazon sign hanging over our door?" And I'm like, "Oh, I think Amazon will come out just fine." You know, it, it, it's uh, it's been a good lifeboat for me anyway, and for a lot of other people. Yeah, but he's right. I mean, between Bezos and um, uh, Elon Musk, between the two of them, they're going to probably control the the economy for decades. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we'll probably see rise a lot more, uh, you know, self-service things and more robotics. And this is only going to, you know, I mean, a lot of the fast food joints have, have moved to, you know, self-ordering, right, from the kiosk and pay there. Yeah. And, then, uh, and I think there'll probably be more of this, which, you know, be like the airlines under the guise of, you know, safety and sanitation. But, you know, it's really going to be moving moving people out of out of jobs, sort of the unskilled. So, I mean, hopefully on the flip side, manufacturing in the States rebounds and creates a place for these people. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned um, we're talking about Amazon before, and and the uh, you know not wanting to touch the keypads with the credit cards and the cash and all that stuff. Yeah. Amazon's been experimenting with um, is it Whole Foods that they own? Yeah, Whole Foods that they own. That you can go into Whole Foods store. Well, not I don't know about the one here in, in Amherst or wherever it is. It's Nashua, I guess. Yeah, I've never been to that one, but there's there's at least one test Whole Foods in the south in the northwest where you literally don't see anybody. You go in and everything's tracked with um, um, near-field RF uh, trackers. So you just go in with your cart, and you literally just take stuff off the shelf, put it in your basket, in your own bags, and you just leave. And when you leave, everything's tracked. You don't talk. You don't go to a cashier. You don't do anything. Um, That's the future, which is is great, great for us. It's really unfortunate for – the people, you know, the cashiers and the uh, retail workers that are getting eliminated because of it. Absolutely. Uh, that was that was Andrew Andrew Yang's big thing that he was running on when he was running for president. 
but but that'll you know that not only has the the convenience factor but it addresses the whole health issue where you you're not exchanging money and you're not doing that stuff the apple stores are kind of like that i mean there's no there's no checkouts of the you know they do you do have to talk to somebody and they you know they do something with their phone as you check out but you don't go to a checkout counter you don't exchange cash they do the whole thing they eat all your right receipts or email to you you don't get paper or anything um that, that, which is great uh, i haven't been in an apple store in a while but i was at one of when i was in chicago a couple of years ago i went into a little uh amazon bistro i guess it was like a Sort of like, a, I don't know, Amazon's version of a bodega, maybe. But you had to have the app, and you didn't pay. There was no cashier. You just grabbed your stuff. It's exactly what you were saying, and, and, and you left. But uh, I didn't feel yeah. like downloading the app and setting it up, so I, I moved on. I was just, you know, looking for a sandwich for dinner. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have so an Amazon, no. not, not to make this an Amazon podcast, but, uh, you know, they share <laughs> a lot of good news stories uh, from across the country. And I guess, you know, Somewhere in the Midwest, there was a driver and, you know, he was dropping a couple packages off at a house that he stops at quite a bit. And he noticed there was a big pile of Amazon packages out, out, outside of the person's door. And uh, he was a little concerned and he was back a couple days later. The pack stack was even bigger. So he went back and told his, his manager at the at the station. And so the guy, the, the manager actually drove out and uh did a welfare check, knocked on the door. And it was, you know, it was a little old man really? and, he out and he's like, Oh, this is my system. I, I don't want to get the Ovid. So I, you know, I leave him outside for a week under plastic and, you know, so wow. yeah, well, that's good. That's good. That, that, that's actually interesting. A different, uh, a related topic. Does Amazon do, I, I'm sure they're concerned about it, but you know, the whole thing with people stealing packages off people's porches and stuff like that. Does Amazon can they do anything to try to, you know, curtail that? Probably yeah. not, right? Once you drop it off, you drop it off. Yeah. You know, unless they, I mean, unless they put like exploding ink on it or something. Yeah. Have you seen the videos of the guy who's got the uh, iPhones and, you know, the, the the glitter bomb that people steal and when they open it, it explodes? <laughs> They do what they can, and, and there's certain areas, you know, where, where you just can't even leave a package because by the time you turn your back, it's going to be gone. So, you know, part of it's on the consumer to make sure that they are home when the package is coming or that they have instructions where to take the package where it has a, has a less than, uh, you know, yeah. a, a lesser chance of getting stolen. But uh, I would imagine at yeah. some point, you know, as technology gets cheaper, they'll be able to you know, ship all the packages. And, okay, that's missing. Well, we've got it on GPS. Here it is. Yeah, kind of oh, like a LoJack kind of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. actually, that. That's actually not a, not a bad idea. Hmm. What about Facebook, Tim? You know, I've been reading. You know, it seems like you know this COVID stuff is just increasing the divisiveness in uh, in America. And I, you know, it's like you think back to the last election and the fake news and Russia and everything else. And I, I look at this, and you know, it's like, man, you know, I, I spent a long time in the media business and working with journalists and things, and. You know, I, I guess I'm a skeptic. I see these these you know letters from fifty doctors, or you know, letter from <laughs> my friend's friend in Italy, and yeah, they're really yeah. well written. But please read this. Please read this. This is from a friend of a friend who's a you know a a radiologist at Mass General, and yeah, it all exactly. says the same stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, one of the first rules of journalism is you know you just don't 
use you don't run single source stories right you know i mean you know anything that's a single source story is really just an opinion piece and it but people are taking these things as gospel and it's almost impossible to very verify them i I started to try and tackle that 50 doctors from massachusetts letter but i was like ah you know what all i'm going to do is you know upset people if if right i mean you read i read that too and you know who knows maybe it is correct but the first time I read it, I just said to myself, you know, it might be based in, you know, some semblance of fact, but, you know, why would 50 doctors get together and agree to make a Facebook paste post? I mean, it's- <laughs> and you know what else? I mean, 50 doctors couldn't have, I mean, that was well-written piece, but it clearly wasn't written by a doctor because I think a doctor is not able enough, it would not have the skills to dumb it down to the point that that was, that the average person could could understand, you know, it didn't, didn't, there were no medical terms in it, you know, and I I really don't think from the doctors that I know that they can, they can, they can really write things about medicine without using, you know, medical terms. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And, and any post that ends with please share, you know, know, (laughs) that's like, that's just somebody looking for, looking, looking for numbers. That's all they're doing. No, I know. But, no, yeah, no, that I, drives me. And the other stuff that drives me nuts is that I'm sure this is all valid, but my gosh, I've got, I mean, I could just pull up my email right now and look. I get, I've gotten email from every bank I deal with, every single online retailer, you know, from LL Bean to Kohl's, to everyone. And they all send out their little two page how we're dealing with the COVID-19 uh, crisis. And they all say the same thing. Everyone's doing uh, the same thing. We're encouraging our employees to blah, 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 blah. But I, I mean, I've got dozens of them. I get them every day now. It's like, I know, hey, I know. I, enough, I, it's enough already. Our commercials, right? It's like these uncertain times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I know. <laughs> it makes me nuts. Okay, you know what? The government's going to keep the car industry afloat just like they did after 9-11 because it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's vital, but it's like, I, you, you can't spin, you know, not making a car payment for six months into, you know, that's a positive as a result of COVID. You know, you're just you're just trying to move move vehicles and you know continue. Yep, exactly. But everybody's doing it. Yeah. From, you know, I, I've heard commercials about uh, you know from from heating and air conditioning guys and tire. You know, the guy who the Sullivan Tire guy was doing something the other day about how he's in essential. Yeah, I know business. it. You know, we're doing curbside pickup and drop off. It's like that. Yeah, I know it's it's everyone wants to pile on. It's 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 crazy. I don't know. What do you what do you think about the hoarders? Oh, I, I you know you know what's <laughs> going to happen, Tim. Those are our neighbors, right? We're going to wind up going to a cocktail party at somebody's house and open their closet. And there's going to be like five hundred rolls of toilet paper come falling out on you. It's like what what the hell, you know? Yeah, the, the the toilet paper stuff. I I mean, I truly don't even understand that. Because there was a really funny video going on Facebook for a while. I don't know if you saw it. Some guy did the math and said, okay, you know, we're in a 14-day lockdown or the quarantine period's 14 days. And he actually, you know, did it out. Okay, if you, if you get a 48-pack roll of toilet paper or a two-ply and so many, you know, sheets per thing. And he broke the whole thing down. And it, it was hysterical. It was like you ended up having – you have to take 187 shits a day in order to use this term, toilet paper. It was really funny, but it was accurate. So I don't know. I've heard different stories about the toilet paper. I've heard that there, um, yeah, that it started because of not the people wanted to hoard it per se, but that because of manufacturing in China, there was concern for supply that it might, that 
you know, the supply might actually be short because of this thing. But I've since heard that's not true. And I, apparently, at least around here, there really isn't a shortage at all. It's really just a, a manpower delivery from the yeah. warehouse kind of thing. That's the issue. There's plenty of toilet paper if you really But it's really like once it. it's there, people scoop it all up because it wasn't there yesterday and it's here today. So, you know, I mean, fortunately, I know, you know, I go to Market Basket. You know, fortunately, they, they, they're only letting you buy like, you know, two rolls of paper towel and one package of TP once they once they have it in stock. But it's it's been crazy. And now you yeah. can't buy pasta, you can't buy soup, canned goods. Well, I mean, but, you, but that stuff, see, this is the one, that, that's why I started with the toilet paper. I'm, I, that just blows my mind. I don't understand it. Um, but, you know, the thing about all the, the rest of the food, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not going to say it's justified, but I mean, think about where we are right now and where we were a month ago, yeah. how quickly things have changed. I mean, there's like no sporting sports going on at all. Nothing, right? So if someone told you, if you know, what is right now? Today's March 28th. So let's go back a month. If someone on February, well, February 27th or whatever it was, uh, said to you that a month from now, there would be absolutely zero sports going on, you know, all the stores would be closed, blah, blah, blah. And that's all they said to you. What would you think? You'd think that we're in the middle of a nuclear war or something. I mean, something, it's crazy. So, So my point is, you know, both of us, I mean, you have two kids, but they're older. My kids are gone. If I mean, if you had a family of like four kids under, you know, under eight years old or something and all the stuff's going on, you know, it wouldn't be, it's not that bizarre to say the grocery stores have to close down at some point, right? Yeah, right. And, and so what do you do if you're a parent? And so that's why when I see the people hoarding like canned goods, I'm thinking, about, well, you know what? I might've been doing that too. You know, ten years no, ago, absolutely, it'd be super scary if you had young kids. It would totally be, yeah. it would totally be, 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 be very strange. Yeah. So, I mean, I've thought of that, and I've said that to my wife. I said, you know, you know, maybe we should be like, you know, we don't eat baked beans that often, but you know, it wouldn't hurt us to have a dozen cans on the on the shelf somewhere. You know, no, just know. Who, hey, who knows. I've always had a little bit of prepper in me, but I'm just too lazy to really execute on it. But, uh, you know, in the past, you know, with power outages and things like that, yeah. I always sort of looked at, you know, these survival rations. You can get them at Costco in a five-gallon bucket. I've always thought about, you know, stocking up on some of that stuff. Never did. But, you know, yeah. after this, I might, you know, lay in a supply of, you know, rice flour and yeast. And I, I don't know. I mean, right. Because you think of it, and I don't want to be a fair monger here, but like just you th- – I mean, this thing is brand new. This virus was detected in late December last year. I mean, it's brand new. What I mean, what happens? Like, what if they say they find out that you know what it 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 can affect crops? Yeah, right. You know what if what if they what if that happened? What if they said, uh oh, you know this is infecting crops? You know we don't we don't think anybody should be eating any crops that were you know grown in the last three months or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Then you're like. What, what are they going to are they going to close market basket and if that happens you know is the army going to be delivering rations to people so that's why i said you know the the hoarding i'm not i don't know i i try not to jump on the bandwagon of screaming screaming about hoarders because i might if i had a young family i might do the same thing yeah yeah, exactly. I, it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I mean, you know, and, and not getting sucked into the mass hysteria is hard too. I mean, I was at the grocery store maybe a week ago and, and you could definitely, the, you, you could sense the panic and looking at people's carts. And I was just going there to pick up stuff for dinner that night. 
you know, part of me's looking around, going, oh my God, should I, should I grab more ground beef? You know, I, Yep. I did the same thing. I went, I went to, yeah, I went to pick up some granola the other day and I was just in, in, I think it was Shaw's and, and they had just put out a whole bunch of ground beef, you know, these like, you know, not big packages, you know, five pound packages or whatever. And, um, so I went there and a a whole bunch of people were just kind of taking them as they were putting out. I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to take it too. So I just grabbed a thing of hamburger and then, and then there was a package of sausage. We hardly ever have sausages. I had to (laughs) grab that too. (laughs) <laughs> and I did, yeah. so I, I'm I'm as bad as everyone else, I guess. Yeah, but you weren't you weren't know. grabbing everything, but uh, you know. No, I wasn't. I still had just my little basket. I didn't even have a. Uh, have can, a can you uh, imagine big, if big this happened when you were in college, Tim? My God, you know, I was thinking about. That. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, you see all these, and I still, you know, we saw all these pictures of the the you know the dopes down in in Florida on the beaches, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and you think to yourself, like, oh, they're such idiots. And yeah, and I was saying the same thing. You know, they're the one; they're going to be the ones to kill us. But you know what? If we're all honest with ourselves, I probably would have been doing the same thing. I mean, you you and I were down in Florida in, in 1980, and you know, if if this had happened, we'd probably no, be doing the same I, thing those kids did. Not that they should be doing it. Yeah, it's hard hard not to when you're that. Age. I, I know with my daughter at that that you know out in Boulder, as soon as they announced things were closing, I mean it just went into like three days of endless end of the world parties, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, Which that's is the what kids do. Long thing to be doing, but you know, I mean, I remember we had a snow day at UNH, and it just turned into like a two day free for all. So I can imagine, yeah. if this had happened. But you know, you know, the thing you got to keep in mind, and you know, you don't want to say kids are stupid but kids are stupid i mean we were stupid when you're when you're only 20 years old you've only got 20 years of experience on this earth so you don't you don't know shit and you know when they you know they say oh this is this thing that's not very much different than the regular flu oh fine i'm fine i don't have to worry about it and i can i can see why they do that yeah yeah absolutely i mean that could be a whole nother podcast for us you know stupid shit we did right oh god (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) I don't I know if I want to do this. 17 rating or something, but, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we had, we had some fun. We had some fun, that's for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, But we made it through. I just hope these kids do. I think they will. I think they will, too. I think they will, yeah. too. It's the elderly. You know, I, my dad's 87. I mean, he's pretty much going about his routine. But, uh, you know. Yeah, how, how is he doing? Is he doing, as, as far as you know, he's doing well? Yeah, no, I, I'm in touch with him all the time. I mean, he, you know, he he goes out with a bunch of old buzzards for coffee every day, and that that group got suspended. They didn't want to meet, but you know, he's still doing county business. And you know, that the tough thing with being a county commissioner is they have oversight of 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 the the jail in Manchester, oh, yeah, yeah, and, and, and the nursing home, which are just you know, so he's involved with you know, sort of helping to create strategies to keep people safe in those two institutions, which is, you know, I mean, that, that, that's, that's super tricky right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, you know, um, you know, my wife's father is in a nursing home here in Milford and uh, it's so stressful for them. Um, cause you know, they're not allowed in. They used no. to let them go around. They used to let them go around the back to the windows, but they don't allow that anymore. Well, didn't and, some you know, joker they, do something that uh, that someone threw something through a window to somebody he, or something? Yeah, something something happened at, at Crestwood, and then they shut everything down. Uh, but you understand perfectly why they do that because you know if if that starts running rampant in a nursing home, my goodness, you know that that's terrible. And then how do you how do you fix that? 
No, I know. I've got a 91-year-old uncle who lives up in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. And, you know, he shot me the, the Vermont uh, COVID infections. There were like 109, you know, confirmed cases, but there were like 12 deaths. And I looked at that. I'm like, wow, that's a much higher percentage than, uh, than, yeah. than I'm seeing elsewhere. And I asked him about it. He said, oh, well, there was an outbreak in a nursing home early on, you know, killed like nine or 10 people pretty quickly. So that's why that number's higher. So yeah, we got to definitely got to protect the elderly. Yeah. And what, what are they doing? Do you know what they're doing with the prisons? Anything? They haven't done anything yet, like move them or anything like that? That you no, know? I mean, the, 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 the jail in Manchester is, is way under capacity uh, in terms oh, okay. of prisoner population. They have, uh, they're able to spread everybody out there, but uh, you know, there's, I'm sure there, I know there's other institutions where, you know, there's severe overcrowding and that, that would, uh, would really suck to be a guard or a prisoner there in this environment. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of situation where, you know, if you have, you know, nonviolent offenders, you know, maybe, maybe just let them go. Maybe just get them out of the damn building. And that's what, you know, the vast majority of the, 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 you know, the people at the, uh, I can't think of what, what the name of the jail is in Manchester, but that's all. That's a pre-trial Valley, Valley Street. Yeah, yeah, that's it exactly. It's you know, it's a pre-trial holding place basically. And you know what? Just about everybody in there is in there for being a dumbass. You know, some sort of drug-related something or rather. So yeah, I, mean, I know they've been very, very progressive in trying to not hold people because you know you hold these guys, they lose their jobs. That you know, it just perpetuates the cycle if if they have jobs. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, these guys going to get these guys going to self-isolate and, 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 and do what they're supposed to do. I, I, I chances are they're going to be back on the streets doing their stuff, and you know, yeah. not, not staying in. But I don't know. I haven't seen a spike in crime yet. That's for sure. Yeah, really. Yeah, that we know of. Not exactly. But I, well, know, we're, I, we're, jo- we're joking the other day. This is the time to. to- to be speeding because I'm 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 betting I don't know anything but I'm betting uh, police officers aren't going to be out looking to pull people over for speeding if they don't have to. I'm sure they don't want to be exposing themselves constantly to this side. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. It's hard to be uh, keeping that six foot distance. It's got to be tricky, right? Yeah, I know. Over, got to get their license. And I guess if I got pulled over, I'd just start like sneezing when the guy walked up. You're like, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I, I know a lot of the, the cops in town, so if I get an opportunity, I will ask them. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they're not – obviously, if they if someone goes blown by them at 100 miles an hour, they're going to go get them. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm I sure there are no speed traps set up anywhere. I'm sure they're not, you know, purposely looking for things. They're going to protect themselves. I know. I was thinking the exact opposite, though. It's like there's fewer vehicles on the road, and, and you know, that makes me more higher priority target because, you know – I'm out there and the guy's got nothing to do, but chances are they probably don't want to interact a whole lot. So speaking of the rules, let's one last thing and we can wrap this thing up. What do you, what do you think about the election? What's this kind of, uh, how do you think this, this, uh, bodes for the election? I'm not sure what to think. I, you know, I, I, I could see a couple different scenarios playing out. Um, I tell you what, it sucks for Sanders and Biden because they're not able to have their yeah. debates. They're not able to have their rallies. 
Um, exactly. They, they've just kind of like disappeared. Really? Basically, you know, Trump's going to send everybody money. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, so scenario one is that, you know, Trump's going to win re-election by a fairly significant margin, which then that's going to stir up a lot of the haters out there. But, you know, the flip side of it is this gets pinned on Trump for, you know, eliminating the pandemic response team uh, team. And, yeah. And, 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 and being slow and, you know, picking fights with governors over, you know, really inconsequential things at a time when, when we should all be pulling together. And, you know, maybe, yep. maybe Biden or Sanders. Gets it. I, I, I don't know. I just don't yeah. know. The, you know. The one thing is for sure, it's it's this is the key right here, what we're going through right now. It's, it's going to decide it, you know, whether, you know, whether it gets pinned on him, as you said, or or he's going to be the one that that handles it. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's 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 a it's a weird time. Yeah, and, you and know whether what? we whether we can even have the elections. I know. I was just well, thinking that by November, oh gosh, by November, hopefully everything's fine. But but I just had because as I think you know, I'm uh, a supervisor of the checklist here, and, and one of the three supervisors of the checklist here in Milford, and um, so I'm an election official, and we just had a uh, a teleconference on Friday, yes, yesterday, yesterday afternoon with the um, Secretary of State, Sp- not specifically about the virus, but the 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 um, topic of the webinar is how to handle high volume elections because it's going to be a high volume election. But you know, this was the whole talk. Basically, everyone wanted to know is like, how are we going to do this? And there's all sorts of things being kicked around about you know, you know, having only have every other voting booth would be taped off, you know, so you, you couldn't be next to one person to doing the kind of things that like amusement parks do where you'll have, you only allow 20 people in at a time. So you yeah. gather outside, you know, pick 20 people, they go in and, and no one else goes in until those 20 people come out. Then they send 20 more people in. There's all sorts of ideas on how to handle this. And it, it could be, could be crazy. We, we lucked out. We really lucked out with our primary or our town election, right? Cause yeah. we got that in, just in the nick of time. I know. I mean, you know what? You think about it. If they, if they have to start spacing things out, though, the election may wind up being two days or something. You know? Well, we- the other thing that we're talking about is um, um, some of the bigger towns, which Milford is one of them. Milford is like the third largest precinct in the state. And that's because we only have one precinct. Yeah. Uh, everybody comes to the middle school to vote. And we've got 12,000 registered voters voting in one place. Most towns or cities that have that you know that many voters they break it up into, into two or three precincts so there's smaller places and that was one of the things they were talking about they said a lot of these towns might have to like you know we might have to have you know some people vote at the middle school some vote at the high school some vote you know the elementary school something like that just to spread it all out so there's not so many people yeah well hopefully they they, they find a cure or they have a vaccine or this thing runs its course and we can get back to the new normal at the end of it exactly easter easter it's going to be over on Easter. <laughs> Nobody's going to church anymore either, man, you know? Well, yeah, you get the, you know, um not I that I went some, a lot before, but I saw some, something on the news this morning. I don't know where it was out of, but some some preacher in some church um he he tested positive and he infected like 15 people in one oh. church service and they had his his sermon on the uh the video of it on TV and he was up there saying he goes 
uh, you know, friends and neighbors, I got to tell you, I really am not feeling well today. I don't think it's COVID-19, but I'm not feeling well at all. He kept saying that, but he went on. He kept going on and did his whole hour-long service, and then 15 people got it. Ugh. Yeah, that's sad. I actually know one of my former co-workers, uh, that guy I know him for 20 years. He has it and his wife and daughter have it. Uh, you know, oh, wow. It's not life-threatening, but, you know, definitely, you know, he definitely hasn't been fun. But he said he keyed in when he lost his sense of smell and taste. So Yeah, I just thought of hearing that today. I hadn't heard that before. But apparently, that's one of the things, huh? Yeah, can't smell, can't taste. That's like my check every morning to see if I can smell the damn dog, you know, and I'm like, yep, okay, I'm, I don't have COVID today, so I can go to work. Yeah, we laugh, but that's actually, if, if that really is true, then that's a good test. That, that is a good test. Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, pull out an egg salad sandwich and see what it, what it smells like. <laughs> hey, man, I was your roommate. I have a lot of worse things, I guess, we could smell. So. Yeah, this is, this is very true. <laughs> this is very true. So... All right, cool. Hey, we've been going over an hour here. I know. So, this has been fun. I've really enjoyed you having me on today, Tim. So thank you. Oh, thank you for joining me. So we can wrap this up. I'd like to once again thank my good friend Andy Rowe for joining us today. Also, a big thanks to everyone for listening. Our theme music today was written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or most of the major podcasting apps. You can also stream directly from our website at granitedoc.com. As always, we welcome any and all comments or feedbacks uh, or suggestions that you may have for future episodes. We invite you to go to Granite Talk's Facebook page at facebook.com slash granitetalk. Thank you again for listening. We hope you join us for another episode of Granite Talk.